Still Dawson Reese. Guess who's back? everyone and welcome back to the DOS dissection for episode six. I'm joined today as always by Reese, and we're also joined by a very special guest today and that is Chanta. Welcome aboard Reese, and welcome aboard Chanta. Thanks Kaylin, pleasure to be back again. Great to be back, first show of the year for me. So um, yeah looking forward to tonight and talking about DOS. Last time I was on here we were talking about Ross so it's a nice change up. Yep, it's always good to mix it up and it's glad, we're glad we can finally get you on. We're doing it before Prime Possum tonight, so before your bedtime. Um, so it's, it's good we can finally line one up and, and get you on to share some of your wisdom. So uh, maybe let's start by having a look back at some of the matchups of last week. A um, few big ones here and I think Chunter's got a bit of bragging to do this week, so we'll let him get that out of the way first and foremost. So the first and biggest match of the week, I think, was between myself and Chanta. And Chanta got the DOS Destroyer. Um, and the DOS Destroyer destroyed me. He beat me by about 40 points over the weekend. So well done to you, Chanta. Happy with that win. Finally got the captain right. Um, been a few false starts this year. I think one time I missed out on Gorn as captain. And I didn't even VC Gorn this week. So I was starting to get a bit nervous that I'd fucked up again. But um, yeah, got Lockie Neal as captain, which basically took me through. Yeah, I did see that you had the VC on Gorn and then you switched it off seemingly last minute to Boke, which failed. But then luckily Neil came through for you. Uh, and I did the opposite. I had my C on Neil, but then I switched it to Crips instead, which effectively cost me the matchup. So was a close one between us, but well done on getting the points, Chunter. Well deserved. Great coaching, Chunter. That's what it's Use. about. It's an ability to defend. Um, so ensure that Kalen scores less by making him take his VC in Crips. Yeah. I like the mind games, Chunter. I see you've got a, the emergencies, you know, doing the emergency loopholes, changing your captain at the last minute. I really like it. It's good from you. Yeah, Thank you got inside my head that. in a big way. And this next matchup, there's another uh, scintillating one that went down to the wire. And this was a back-against-the-wall victory, as Butcher called it himself. He preempted on the pod last week. His back was against the wall. He backed himself in to come out and get the job done against you, Reese, and it's exactly what he did. He won by a narrow margin of under 30 points. So you want to talk us through what happened there, Reese? Yeah, well, actually, you know what? Speaking about getting inside heads... It's exactly what Butcher's done to me over over the weekend, unfortunately. Um, as you may notice, that uh, we both vice-captain Gorn and neither of us took his score. Um, I left my captain on McRae and he left his on Crips, which ultimately uh, got him over the line in the end. But at, what actually happened was Saturday night um, after the footy had finished, I was pretty happy. I was looking like I was going to beat him and I was having a glass of wine on my own. I was watching Oprah and... You know, some kids, underprivileged kids were getting some houses and things like that. And Butcher's messaged me and pleaded, almost begged me to uh, to fight it out between Cripper and McRae. And he got me at a weak moment, I will admit. Um, and he said, if I go back on my word, I have to own two cartons of beer. So, uh, yeah, he got inside my head and he got the Chockies by 28 points. I was feeling a bit sorry for him. 
Wow, that is massive mind games there that he managed to convince you to take McRae. He knew Cripps was going to come out and have a big game. He knew that McRae's CBAs had been down. So he just planned this all to perfection. So well done to you, Butch. He really that got is. me at a weak moment, Callan. I was, I was feeling a little bit sorry for the big fella because he was his team's terrible. Um, so, yeah, it cost me in the end. But it's okay. I can afford a loss. That's all right. A win's a win. And as Butcher said, back against the wall wins are the sweetest kind. So well done, Butch. The next one Unfortunately was... Unfortunately a... for Butcher, I uh, will just have to say this because I was speaking to Butcher. He traded out three primos to... Uh, to, to get in. So he's actually traded out Timmy English and then a couple of other primos that weren't playing, um, which, which will probably cost him in the, in the long run. So short-term gains is long-term pain for Butcher. Wow. Absolutely. Well, if I look at his bench, that's, that's saying something if he already traded out three players because it seems like his whole bench did not play. So if he already traded out three non-playing players and his whole bench did not play, it doesn't look so good for Butcher in the, in the future. <laughs> um, but anyway, well done that win. Celebrate that, Butcher. You've got to celebrate those uh, while well, you can. Let's say that. The next matchup was a huge one. Both these players scored over 2,500 points this week. So a clash of the Titans this week. And that was Shane scoring 2,504. And surprisingly, Joel came out this week and had 2,573 points, the highest score of our league for the round. Absolutely huge score. So not many would have tipped that either for Joel to get up over uh, Shagger. And obviously had Short, who went huge, um, and must have had... Oh, no, he didn't. Didn't even have Stewart, and he still scored that big. Is that right? Josh Can't Kelly. See... He's got Josh Kelly in his team. He went pretty Yeah, big. he's got Kelly, got 150, but yeah, I thought he must... Must have had uh, Stewart in there who went huge with the 180, but he didn't. Had Neil, of course, but yeah, scoring that without Stewart is pretty impressive. So one, well done to Joel on that one. Big upset, that one. Shag has been travelling along just fine this year. Yep. And he had uh, Stengel who went well for him. Stengel was an interesting pick, but Stengel's come out and scored a 94 for Joel. So uh, well done to you, Joel. Good win. He's a bit of a quieter cheaper this year, Joel, or at least to me anyway, my expectations were quite low um, he is. for Joel. But um, yeah, I actually reckon he's, he's building quite nicely looking at the profile of his team and who he's already traded out, who he's got to come in. It's looking good. Yeah, building very nicely. Had Hewitt on the bench as well, who didn't play. So apart from that Stengel interesting pick, the rest of his team looks pretty solid, I'd say. So he's building very nicely. And then moving along, we've got Charlie, who came up against Bailey. And this is another upset, I'd say. Charlie was probably predicted to win that one. And Bailey has come out and got the win. He managed to VC Gorn. And Charlie, unfortunately, Captain McRae. So that's pretty much what sealed the victory there by the looks of things. But um, well done to you, Bales. Good win. He's, he's coming along nicely this season as well, old Bales. Actually pulling his finger out this season. And interestingly, probably the, the only time this year that um, he would have a player in your team that scores negative one and you still manage to get 2,500. Granted, he didn't <laughs> take the score. Um, but Miller Bergman, negative one against uh, Frio for North Melbourne. Yeah. Who is that? He's got some pretty interesting picks there, Bales. I mean, he started Mills at the start of the year and I thought that was a bit of, an, bit of a pod, a bit of an out there one, but he's absolutely killing it. Actually, Bowser's got a team of pods, to be honest. 
His team's okay. Just be worried about his um, bench. He's got someone, Miller Bergman, I've never even heard of in my life, who scored negative one. And he's got only one other player on his bench who actually scored this week. So could be lacking for cash generation in future, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how he goes. But well done on that win, Bales. And then last one of the round was Doss up against <laughs> Rod, who Doss had been saying all week had been... <laughs> Given it to him in 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 not so nice words, but uh, he got the job done pretty easily over by about two hundred points. So uh, Roddy's looking good this year. So don't feel so bad, Doss, about that one. But um, yeah, um, you have got a bit of work to do as well. I'd say on your team, he has uh, he has improved, but a bit of work to do still. Rod really made Dossie's bitch on the weekend. <laughs> made him his bunny. Bent him over a barrel and had his way with him. He's got some problems, old Doss, with his team at the moment. So can we just uh, look straight know. into I'm our Doss dissection, or because I'm looking at his team now as well? It's um, yeah. yeah. Let's get straight into the Doss dissection here. I mean, top of the what's, list. What's your I thoughts, see right here. Yeah, Chanta, what do you reckon? All right, paper mache hamstrings, Dion Prestia. <laughs> no good. What's he doing in there? That guy cannot yeah. get through. Um, a game without injuring one part of his um, lower body. So, yeah, he's got to go. 477,000. And even at his best, um, I mean, we probably I could have properly prepared for this, but I don't reckon Dion Presti has ever finished a season averaging over 105 or so. Like, he's, he's had good stints, but he's not amazing. I think Doss has just sort of overthought big chunks of this this team. Dylan Stevens from Sydney, probably not going to get a game in that midfield. Um, yeah. Tristan Sherry's, I don't know how long Doss will hold on to him because um, he's out for a month or so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's plenty of, plenty of gaps. Um, I can see in, in a perfect Doss world where this team might work, but it's only going to work. It's a bit like the clock that's right twice a day. Um, that eventually, you know, one week it's going to work out for him, but most of the time it's going to fail. Yeah. He did have a few weeks ago, I feel like he had more pods than he has now. I think he used to have, um, what's his name, set back up Ruckman for Melbourne, Jackson, Luke Jackson, and a few others, a few other Ruck types floating around. But uh, he's still got Brandon Zerk Thatcher on the bench for some reason. I don't know how that was pick he considered i think was he a rookie last year or the year before and a few people had him in his team but apart from being a rookie to make cash i don't know why you'd have him in your team um he did have darcy burn jones looks like he's got rid of him um so he's got rid of a few of these interesting pods um she's just got a couple couple left in there but so he's slowly correcting he's changed his, his rack line up two or three times already so i don't know how many trades he's got left but it couldn't be many yeah, he might have used all his trade boosts already, old Doss. Um, Where's his cash coming from as well? Because he's going to have to get... So he doesn't have Gorn, right? So if he's already changed it over and he's still got Bruce, Hayes, Sherry and Dixon, Sherry he needs to get rid of, probably. Um, yeah, where's he getting the cash to buy Gorn? I don't know. I don't think he will. I reckon he'll probably run with Bruce and Wits and, and maintain that they're, they're the best two rucks going around, but... It's just some of his other players. Like Tom Mitchell hasn't really been producing. Obviously, we mentioned Prestia. Um, Butters, again, is hit and miss. Horn Francis, he's probably going to have to trade him out at some stage. And then on his bench, you know, he's got 
like you said, Zerk Thatcher, Stevens, Josh Ward's probably going to have to go, McDonald. I don't know if he's got enough trades to use. We know that yeah. as a footballer, DOS can be a bit sort of robotic um, and all of that, but I'm not sure what algorithm he's used to come up with a team like this, to be honest. What is what numbers and figures he's he's sort of put in, hoping to spit out that comes back with Brandon Zerk Thatcher, Dion Prestia, and the rest. It's just strange. <laughs> it is. Have you have you strange. played uh, Dos yet, Chanta? Uh no, nah, not yet. So you're not worried, not worried at all. No, nah, I think, like I said, I mean, I could come up against him at the wrong week, but that's only likely to be once or twice in the year. Um, he, I think he, in all seriousness, he's got more problems than I do because my team's a little bit more vanilla. Do you want to talk us through your team a bit, Chunter? You started with a lot of mid-prices this year. Do you still have all those mid-prices? And do you think this was the year of the mid-prices? Has it worked, worked out for you so far? Uh, so I think most of them have been okay. Uh, I think this, like in the next few weeks and building into the buyers when they all start to go. Um, so uh, Jared Berry, for instance, is, is one that needs to go. And then a couple of those more expensive rookies like Horn Francis and Dacos are going to get close to going. Um, I think it, it worked out. Like there were a few, um, so Will Brody and Gresham, um, which will probably just stay in my forward line for as long as possible. Um, Caldwell will probably be the last midfielder that I get rid of. So it, it has kind of worked, but, uh, and, and I don't know if there's been that many rookies um, that have come completely from the clouds. Like we've had Nick Martin, um, which everyone got pretty quickly anyway. Um, was it O'Driscoll or uh, Chapman from, from Frio? I think I missed out yep. on him, but there hadn't been oh, that many at a hundred thousand that, um, it just completely came out of nowhere. So I've been relatively happy with with where they're at, but now's the time to to start to move on them. You brought in just a quick question, old... Chanta. What's your plans on Matt Rowell? Are you planning on keeping him, or will he be like one of the last ones that you maybe upgrade to a primo? Because it looks like yeah. he's probably maxed out on price, which you know was at four fifteen. He's in he's in the same category as Shitfield, so. Um, He's going to be able to score enough to keep him in there. Uh, his price is too low to sell at the moment. So I just sort of hope that he's okay. Um, and then, yeah, right towards the end of the season, if, if he's not, um, it, it, even if he does start to score okay, he's probably not going to be in my top eight midfield. Um, I'll get rid of him probably after the buy. Um, but I'll, I'll wait and watch with him and same with, with Whitfield. Yeah, I got sick of Rao probably a little bit too quickly. I traded him out, lost my patience because his role is uncertain. He seems to be learning the defensive side of his game this year. Um, we'll probably all be back on him next year, but it looks like yeah, he's going to need to be upgraded at some stage. But if he's your last upgrade, I think that's okay. I saw you brought in Keaton, what's his name? Keaton Coleman uh, recently. He was uh, pretty yeah, well, expensive as well, was he? Yeah, that's just purely a Lions fan pick. <laughs> um, I like the dual position defender forward that that was handy, but yeah, I, I saw, so he's, um, he's sort of a first choice halfback to replace Grant Birchall. Um, right. So he'll, he'll play every game. He'll be a distributor. He hasn't scored that well the first couple of weeks. I think he was averaging 67. 
Um, but he'll definitely play every game that is available. Um, and he should start to push closer to 100 in that role because he'll push Sorko, um, as you would have seen last week, has gone back into the midfield and sort of a high half forward role. So um, he, he is a good one. I think he'd be due for a, not really much of a rise, but price movement this week. Um, but he's worth watching. So you've done the Giles family old trick of um, they bring in all the Adelaide players and you're starting to bring in all the <laughs> Brisbane players. <laughs> I don't have any allegiances or any loyalties in, in Supercoach, Chunty. You should know that. Be, yeah, be careful. Yeah. We'll let you get away with one, but any more than that. If you bring in Joe Danaher this year, then we'll know something's up. Um, All right. The only, the only other one, sorry, just on my team is Trelaw. I'm not quite sure what to do with him. Um, he's mm. actually not averaging that well. He's averaging 95. Um, he's always been more of a fantasy pick than Supercoach anyway, but um, yeah, he's at a bit of a weird spot. I don't know whether he'll finish in my top six if he keeps going like he is. Oh, this is yeah, one, he's one that I've got as well. I, I'm not sure what to do with him either, but yeah, I think if he sits around 500,000, he's probably going to be okay for the majority of the year. And then it will just depend on later in the year, whether you know you want to upgrade or not there. I have noticed though, he has been getting a fair bit of the ball and he's been playing midfield. So I think he will have a pretty good game. It's just a matter of, of when. Yeah. I mean, Bevo's the new Ross Lyon that um, he just does whatever the fuck he wants to players. Um, even boots him out of the club for a month like Lockie Hunter um, and, you know, gives it personal um, leave as the, the excuse. So, yeah, it, it's hard mental, to know. Mental health issues, Chunter. That's not a, it's not a laughing I, matter. I heard two strikes on the um, grapevine down here. Maybe Bailey could... Um, as the other yeah. Melbourne representative could confirm yeah, that. But yeah, Bailey's heard... usually got all the rumours, so maybe we need to have Bailey confirm that. This is on Spotify, isn't it? Maybe retract that statement. <laughs> Come back to me. Um, You're a regular Tom with... Morris there, Chanter. So, uh, Trelaw, I didn't, I didn't start him purely because of injury concerns. I didn't think he'd last the season, but he's lasted so far. Yeah, scoring has been not horrible. I'd say you shouldn't be too upset with him, um, but maybe it ties in with whether you upgrade him later, because I think a lot of people have six forwards in their forward line who could could technically be considered primos. Like I have um, Cornelio and also Brody in there. So a lot of people could say potentially if they can keep the scoring up, they could finish as F5 and F6. Um, but then you've got people coming out, Luke Parker, who's gained forward status, who seems to be, in my opinion, could be the top averaging forward from here on out. Um, so then you start thinking, well, do I need to upgrade to someone like that? Um, and is it sooner when he's right now when his price is still low, um, even though he pumped out of 150 on the weekend, or is that a wait and see, just wait till the end of the season and worry about it then? So that's one thing to start thinking about on that sense. What do you reckon for that, Chanter? In, in saying that about Adam Trelaw, sorry, just in saying that, Kalen, the, the forwards, there's only like five or six forwards that are averaging, averaging over 100. So if you've got a bloke that's averaging... You know, 90, 95, it's not terrible, like you said. I agree, yeah. Reese. I'm not sure Kalen does. Okay, Kalen does as well. Yeah. I do agree. And I think there's a there's a bigger problem. So if you do have like your five or six forwards already um, who are scoring well, then yeah, even if there is somebody who's coming out, Parker or Heaney, who's doing pretty well, I think there's bigger issues in the field to get some of your defensive rookies off, some of your midfield rookies who aren't scoring that well um, instead. So moving on to some of those, um, 
our boy Miller was a bit down recently. He's been spin scoring, you know, 90s and 100s, which is okay, but a bit below his standard. He's come out with a 160 on the weekend. Is he someone we should look at bringing in quite soon? He's one I'm looking at this week um, to bring in, actually. What do you reckon there, Reese? Uh, touch and go with Tookie. Uh, he's a great price because if you said at the start of the year you get him for 598, you would have taken it. But, you know, it's one one good score. I think he had maybe one earlier on in the year. But um, I, I'm not 100% sold on it at the moment. Like, uh, he was doing a bit of tagging. He got tagged himself. So if, if he pumps out another 150, I'd probably have a go at him. What do you reckon, Chanta? Uh, so I never thought I'd say this, but I would actually go with Ben Keys um, in my yeah midfield. So delisted from the Lions, absolute rubbish, like <laughs> terrible player. But he's actually um, been pretty effective in a bottom ranked midfield. Mm-hmm. So and, and like he he's never going to get tagged because Took Miller will get tagged um, like he has done a couple of times this year. So I'd probably just take him. His thirty eight junk possessions a week. And um, enjoy the 110 average. Yeah, interesting. So agree with more. That's what I think is max is from the rest of the season. Back in his way average, to 110, yeah. But he won't average less than 100 for the rest of the season. So I think he's safe between 100 and 110. I just don't think he can push that 120, which is what I think Tuki Two could, um, which is where my preference is. But yeah, certainly. Wouldn't begrudge you for going keys. Um, it's not something we'd think we'd have to choose between at the start of the season, Miller or Keys, but he has come out and he's doing pretty well. So interesting one. The next one is McRae. Now, McRae was someone I had my eyes on basically since the start of the season as someone I should have started um, and missed out on and was just thinking, when can I get him in? But now he looks like he's on track to fall under 600K pretty soon. Um, would you be wary of bringing McRae in if his role... Um, sort of continues. He's been losing CBAs a bit, starting on the wing. If he keeps getting these 90s and he drops below 600, would you be worried to bring him in or is that the time to to straight away bring him in? What do you reckon, Lucy? Uh I've got McRae and he has been a little bit underwhelming. Uh, I think it's the last two weeks. I'm not too sure because he started really good and last year he was, you know, 130 nearly every week. So... I don't know if he's a little bit injured because I watched that game on the weekend. He just didn't seem to have his usual zip around the ground and you know, wasn't getting involved as much as he normally does. So if he drops under under 600, though, he absolutely must have. Yeah. Yeah, he's, got, he's going to be in your top eight. Yeah, he'll be in your top eight midfield by the end of the year. Um, so if you can get him for under 600, I think you definitely go for that. Yeah, agreed. Now, another man who a lot are probably wondering when they can get him in is big Maxi Gorn. He's had another massive one against the Hawks, which I think everyone predicted he would. A um, bit of a tough matchup this week, at, this week potentially, with the Saints. Might have Ryder and Marshall to compete against, and he's about 680K. Is he someone people should start looking at bringing in as soon as possible, or can you afford to wait um, a bit on him if you've got something like a Pruce and a Hayes set up, which I do, for example? What do you reckon on that one, Chanta? Hayes did his ACL, so you wouldn't want to have him anymore. Not Jack Hayes, Sam oh, you mean, Hayes. Oh, 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 Sam Hayes, right. Um, I don't know. Look, I think depends what strategy you want to go with. This year, it only looks like Gorn is the, is the one primo ruck. And then, um, you know, you sort of take your pick with the next uh, set of ruck because I guess with Luke Jackson and English, you'd have play them as forwards anyway. Um, 
I don't know. I, I can't see Gorn getting that much cheaper. Like he might get down to 650 or so. Um, so it's more about strategy. I think there's probably other holes to fill across um, across your field before going to Gorn. But if you decide that you need the points now, maybe you're at the bottom of the table, just get Gorn um, and live with it. Yeah. Fair enough. What do you reckon on that, Reese? Yeah, I, I agree with Chanta. Um, I think people that didn't start Gorn and say had a Grundy or a Marshall you, you, and you didn't get him when they got injured, I think you missed the boat because he's not going to get any cheaper um, in the foreseeable future. And honestly, he's probably just, you know, out of range. You're going to have to, you know, sideways and upgrade um, to get him. So if you can afford it, I'd definitely do it. But otherwise, you know, I'll probably just let it go if you haven't got him now. Yeah, and I think a lot of these trades we're talking about here have to do with something we should start thinking about is the buyers which are upcoming as well. So the first one's in round 12 and not something most of us have probably thought about, but I think it's something we have to start thinking about if we're looking to bring in any primos now, does it suit your buy structure? For me, it looks like I'm going to be struggling for the first one in round 12. So ideally, I don't want to bring in anyone who has that round 12 buy. So I think it's something to have in the back of your mind right now and that could change your trade plans a little bit as well. Personally, I've got the Bruce and Hayes. I've also got Tim English sitting there. So hopefully he comes back sooner rather than later. Um, but if you're someone who's playing Bruce and Hayes, Hayes has an okay matchup this week, potentially against the Bulldogs. Um, they got Steph Martin, hasn't been doing that well. And then next week has the Ruse, although they are now playing Goldie there, who is a bit tougher than when they were playing Sherry. So um, yeah, you could keep him on field and upgrade your midfield instead of Gorn, but um, yeah, it depends how long you want to do that for, I suppose. Have you guys been thinking about the buyers at all yet or not on your radar yet, Reese? Um, no, I haven't, haven't even looked at it once. Um, I think uh, I'll probably just go to strategy like every year and just wing it and see how it goes. You know, probably concede a loss or, or two. Um, yeah, I, I don't think you can plan that much for them, to be honest. About each other. I'm in a different, yeah, different boat because I've got so many mid prices that I need to start moving on. Um, so I was just trying to be strategic as to which round I move on them. I, I like they're not going to go up or down significantly in value from here. So it's whether I hold on to selectively hold on to a few to get through the buyers and then trade them when their buy round is up, um, or if I just get rid of them in the next couple of weeks. I'm just trying to figure that out at the moment. Yeah. I think for... um, the buyers, most people in our league have quite a lot of um, similar players. So, you know, it may come down to, you know, one or two picks or even the captain calls in during the buy round. So, yeah, I, I think if like Chunter's strategy of upgrading close to the buyers and his mid prices, we'd probably give him the edge and maybe sneak a couple of wins. We do have the trade boost this year. So, I don't know if you guys have used any yet, but. Um... I'm saving some for that buy period where I think it's going to work out that you usually have three trades during the buyers. And I think with the trade boost, it's up to four trades. So four trades during that week is pretty massive. So I'll be trying to use it at least two out of those three weeks um, to sort out my team for the buyers. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what happens with the buyers this, this year. And maybe depending on your position on the ladder, I mean, Chantra and I are down the bottom, obviously. So we need to get some wins. So we might need to start planning for to, to use that period to, to catapult our, ourselves to the top. 
um, but others might be willing to take a loss or two, like Reese said. So interesting. Um, and a few people might be wondering by this stage of the season, what a good amount of trades to have is. Um, I've got 25 left. So I've used quite a few already, um, already 10. But having said that, compared to normal, I'd say I would normally have less than this by this stage of the season. So 25 still seems like quite a lot. Um, what about you boys? What about you, Reese? Um, yeah, I'm pretty similar. I've got 26. Um, and I did use a trade last week just because I had a shitload of injuries. Um, but yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I don't think that's too many that I've used. You know, normally I'd, I'd be you know, 10 or more down. So um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with it at the moment. How about yourself, Chanta? I've got 29. Uh, and that's because I've held on guys like Whitfield and Rao. Um, and not moved them across. So, you know, maybe, especially in the case of defenders, I probably could have moved. I brought in Sinclair maybe last week or the week before. I probably could have moved on him straight away in hindsight. Some of those guys. And I think um, Jaden Short's one that sort of um, stuck out last week that they moved him into the midfield. Um, so, yeah, for those who do have a few more trades, maybe it is time to start doing some sideways Um so in my case, maybe it's, I don't know. If I had more money, I'd probably look at maybe up, upgrading and sidewaysing Whitfield into, into Jaden Short um, as he starts to play more midfield time. We'll start looking at players like that. Yeah. What about sure. cash? How much cash do you guys currently have in the bank? That's always been a pretty tightly held secret because last year, didn't you famously say you had like $500,000 in the bank at all times? Well, I did. I did have a bit of cash up my sleeve. I just, I, I just left it there too long in the end. Break on emergency. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't have that much. I've got under 100. I've got a bit. Over 200k saved up. So I'll be making an upgrade this week yeah. to uh, tackle Big Butch. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you, Kalen. Um I did make a couple of trades last week and yeah, got, got a little bit left over from that. So I'm not sure how to use it yet, but I, I can guarantee you I won't be staying in the bank. Yeah. Get out there, Money in the bank. Money in the bank because it's got too much saved there. It's uh, never a good idea. I think you need to put that cash to good use, make your money work for you. Um, moving on, maybe we can have a look at a few rookies on the bubble. So there's a few who came out and had a pretty good first week. Um, the one that comes to mind the most is Greg Clark, scored over 100 for the Eagles, was highly anticipated in the preseason, but did some kind of injury. I forget what it was, it was a shoulder or something. But he's come out and looks basically one of the best players in that Eagles midfield right now. Um, so he's only played one game, but he's one I'm considering bringing in early this week. I don't normally do that, but if I can get him on field and scoring like that, even if he scores an 80, you'd be pretty happy with that. Have you bought, I think you bought him on already, didn't you, Reese? Yeah, we got him. Um... I've been mean, following him for a little while back in WA, Greg Clark, and I watched him play last year, and he was he should have been playing AFL last year, I thought. So I, as soon as he was named, I was like, yeah, better get him. So I kept that one to my, to myself um, last week on the pod. But, yeah, if, if you need a downgrade, absolutely get him in. I'd take you up on that. Um, I've been waiting for Horn Francis to have another big game. I'm uh, just not, not sure when it's going to happen. Like, he looks good, scores terribly. 
Um, and he's now starting to lose value. So I think that's probably the one this week. Yeah, I was a bit the same. I was waiting for another big score, gave him a bit, but doesn't seem to be happening. So I might be moving on him soon as well. So the next rookies who debuted, who I'd like to take a look at, are Rioli. So Morris Rioli, I think it is. Morris Rioli Jr., is that his name? And also for the Tigers, obviously had a big game against struggling West Coast where Richmond smashed them. And then Jack Carroll for the Blues, who maybe uh, Reese can talk me through a bit about him. I think uh, you know him well, Reese. Yeah, absolutely love to talk about Jackie Carroll. I'll start with him. He's a, uh, he's a Geraldton voice, so you know he's going to be tough. Um, he's a beautiful left footer. And, of course, he's playing for the Mighty Blues. Uh, he was stellar on the, on the weekend. He kicked a snag with his, with his first kick in league footy. And I think he had maybe three or four goal assists. So um, he doesn't mind getting in there as well. And he's, he's a kicker. So he's not going to you know, fuck around with handballs. He's going to kick it and use it well. So at his price, which is uh, 123, him and Greg Clark are both had on the weekend. So they've scored me 199 together. So that's great value for those two. Pretty, pretty nice. Do you have to say on those two, Chanta, are you looking at Morris Rioli or do you reckon uh, need to wait another week on him? Yeah, I'd wait another week. Although he's, um, is it his second year or maybe third? I, I, he got drafted at least a couple of years ago. So if they're ready to play him, then he'll probably get a good run, um, especially where Richmond are at as well. Just not really sure where he fits in because you, you'd play him as a forward. Um, I guess Rochelle starting to lose value, but Nick Martin, you'd be holding on your bench for as long as possible. So yeah, I, probably one more week with Morris and... Um, yeah, see where he fits in from there. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, the one to bring in, I think, early is Greg Clark. You can afford to, but the others I'd wait on. Another one is uh, Aiden Begg from Collingwood. I think he scored in the 80s. Um, so now with Grundy going down, it looks like this, they've tried out Darcy Cameron in the ruck, who I suspect will stay in the ruck, but shopping him out is Begg. I'm not sure if they're going to turn to big Mason Cox. Um, I'm not even sure why we still have him Again. on our on our list, to be honest. Um, it is a risk that he'll come in for Beg, but um, yeah, out of all Rioli, Carroll and Beg, I'd wait another week on all three of them and see which one scores the best next week because a big score in week one, we know, and this stays in the rolling average of the three um, scores for one week before it's out. So you need to take a look at that second score, which is going to have the most impact on cash generation. Begs a ruckman though, Kalen, and I think we already got a few uh ruck ruckman already. Is he what's the story? No, it's just it's just ruck. Um but if anyone's still got Jack Hayes that on their bench, they're looking to trade out, it's an option. But uh yeah, if you've already got two ruckmen plus Sam Hayes on your bench, then it might be tough to bring him in. Does anyone know really, anything about um, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Go, I was gonna say really uh Begs the question, can he keep his uh, spot in the team, do you think, Kalen? I think, I don't think um, the new coach likes Mason Cox so much. I could be wrong. I think they'd like to play Cameron and Beg ahead of him. Um, could be wrong, though. Um, so that's why I'd wait another week, definitely, see how he scores. If he has another great game and gets some, another, some more props from the coach, which he did on the weekend, then he might be a bit safer to bring in. All right, 
Um, another rookie is McComb for the Dogs on the on the on the bubble. Uh, he's a mature age player. Had a pretty good game on the weekend. Look, like he had a really good game actually. He got over twenty disposals and two goals. But he only scored something like sixty or sixty-five, which was surprising. Um, and Bevo likes to have give those mature ages a go. So he's another one you could consider bringing in as well if you need someone this week. Um, aside from that, I think that's all I had. Any others to bring up? on the rookies boys before we move into questions. I was just going to say, um, I think Frio are going to unveil one of their pretty high draft picks, Jai Amos this week. So um, keep an eye on him for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Elijah Holland's at Gold Coast is due to come in pretty soon as well. Um, and he was, a, I think he was in a lot of people's team at the start of the year. Um, yeah. And then sort of dropped out, but yeah, I think he's uh, he has been playing VFL, so I think he's pretty good to go. Yeah, he was flirting in my team at the start of the year. I think I saw that as well. I had a great game on the weekend, uh, scoring wise, scored 120, 130 in Super Coach. Don't know what his actual stats were, um, but if doesn't he can matter. translate, it doesn't matter. If he can translate some of that across when he comes in, he'll be a be a good pick. All right, so let's move on to uh, our favorite part of the pod, which is question time. We've got a few questions here. So let's get straight into them. So the first one is from a first time caller, long time listener, it sounds like. Uh, this is Greg from Brisbane. And he says, hi guys, this is Greg from Brisbane, long time listener. Me and my mates met Doss in a bar in Padia one night and he got us hooked on the podcast. Now we listen every week. Anyway, last week I was cocky and got burnt with my captain selection. So who do you reckon for skipper this week? Cripper or McRae? All gone. That's, first of all, it's great to hear that we've got listeners all around the world and we've got people outside of our uh, immediate friendship group that are listening to the pod. That's always uh, inspiring to, to keep going, uh, growing our viewership. And secondly, well done to DOS for uh, spreading the good word. So well done to you, DOS. Uh, maybe now that your name is on the pod, you'll spread it even further. So that's good to see. Uh, what do you reckon on that, Reese? Uh, first of all, um, uh, Greg, I'm absolutely thrilled that you've called, uh, sent us in a message. Um, just one thing before I get to your question. We've all been to Patia and we've all played footy there and I'm not buying that you guys just have to talk podcast in a bar in Patia. So first of all, I'd like to know the real story behind it. <laughs> but to answer your question, um, I got burnt myself with McCray on the weekend. Um, but Cripper is... My boy Cripper, like I said to the boys before, he's, he's from Geraldton. They breed him tough and he's back with a bang. So he's pretty reliable all week. And I think Maxi with Jackson being out um, is definitely a good uh, VCC option. What do you reckon, Chanta? Well, first of all, yeah, um, my dad's name's Greg. So it's good to have Greg from Brisbane um, listening to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for being supportive, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Always good to hear from you. Um, Look, I think, um, yeah, to continue on the Brisbane theme, Brisbane have West Coast at home uh, at the Gabba. Um, if they don't win that game by 100, 150 points, I'd be very surprised. I think West Coast don't have Mark Hutchings anymore, so I don't know who tags for them. So I'd be going straight up Lockie Neal. Yeah, that's good advice there. Um, if you do have Neil, I'll definitely go on that. But assuming you don't for any reason have Neil. Um, oh, I stopped listening to the question after. Yeah, I heard my dad's name. I started. Uh, so, what was the question? Was it? I'd like, I'd like to know why your dad is in a bar with Doss in Patia, Chanta. That's a, that's a little bit suspicious. 
have to ask him a few questions about that. Greg, if you, if you call in again, Greg, we want photos. We want to see you in Patty with us. <laughs> we want to see who this Greg is. But assuming you don't have Neil, Greg, um, who is the best out of Cripper, McRae, or Gorn to captain? Personally, I think Gorn could have a tough one this week, like I said, against uh, Marshall if he comes back in and ride a duo. So I wouldn't go that. Carlton do have Adelaide um, at Marvel. So that could be a good one against Adelaide, who aren't doing so well. Um, the last one was McRae. Yeah, McRae, I'd just stay away from for now. You could do a VC. I, I would say you could VC him. He's on the Friday night. So um, could be worth a go. I think he goes all right at Adelaide usually. I think he likes playing there. So I think still worth a VC. But yeah, I'd go VC, McRae, and Decripper out of those three personally. All right, next yeah, question. We, next question we got is from Bailey. Bailey's uh, rung into the pod and he wants to know, Dacos, Rochelle, Horn Francis all seem to have hit their peak in terms of pricing. Is it time to move them on? If so, who to? Um, you want to take that one away, Reese? Uh, yeah. Um, Dacos, I, I would hold Dacos. He's pretty flexible and he's... He's just coming out badly. So I don't think he's going to drop in price. And you can always flick him to the back line, which is what I've done. So I reckon hold him for a little bit. Um, Rochelle, yeah, he's definitely peaked out. Um, options in the forward line are a little bit slim at the moment. But I really like the light, the looks of Paul Curtis uh, from Kangaroos. He's played all right the last couple of games. Kick cover snags. It's like he knows how to get the ball. So he'd be one of getting the forward line. And... Horn Francis, yeah, I, I got rid of him last week. I, I think he's peaked out. So um, the options that we spoke of earlier on, Greg Clark, Jack Carroll. Um, to be honest, I think you just go Greg Clark. He, he's going to have to security. Yeah, so if you've got the... A, the, the, the trades, you want to burn the trade. So yeah, I keep Dacos um, for a while, probably into the buy and flick him into your defence. I'd uh, trade Horn Francis down to Greg Clark and then use the money to upgrade Rochelle to a primo. Yeah, I reckon that's pretty solid advice. Yeah, Rochelle, I've still got, I'm looking to trade him out this week. Another one in the mix to throw in there is potentially Nod, Nathan O'Driscoll. Um, I'm looking to trade him out this week instead of Horn Francis um, because then I can flick Dacos down back. So it just depends on what your team looks like. But um, yeah, I think Horn Francis is safe to move on. I mean, uh, he's not going to make too much more cash, even if he scores another 100 this week. You're going to have to wait a few weeks for all that cash generation to start again, which you probably don't want to really, unless you're planning to hold him to the buyers. So, yeah, I think it's safe to move all of them on, really, except for Dacos. I'd hold on to Dacos a bit longer with that flexibility. All right, next question we've got is from one. Uh, she hasn't called in in a while, but she's called in a few times to the pod. She's a long-time listener, and that's from uh, Alexis Bintang. So Alexis would like Ooh. to say, why podcast not talk about my Chanta more? Pod just talk about asshole guy Dos. I pray for Chanta every night before sleep time and I very happy he in top eight. Don't pod know he big woof woof with pisang basar, which means big banana in Bahasa, if you uh, don't know. Uh, that's true. Why don't we talk about Chanta more? I mean, the pod isn't about him. Um, it's about Dos this year. Hasn't been about Chanta in a while. We try to help Chantra as much as we can, um, but maybe we just feel like our advice is a bit lost on him. What do you, what do you reckon, Rich? Should we talk about Chantra more? <laughs> uh, oh, we're going to give the, the listeners what they want. So we're happy to give a little bit of love to Chantra on the pod, as, as um, you know, I've done in the past, uh, in previous seasons. So um, she obviously did one of the 
big dogs, Chanta. Is would you call yourself a, a big dog? And do you have a big banana? Which question should I answer, Alexis's first or yours, Reese? <laughs> I would say I'm happy with from me. Alexis. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you're Alexis, are you? Ah, it all comes out now. Interesting. Um, no, I, I'm not a big dog this year. I'm just, um, yeah, in the background, part of the pack, um, not leading anything. I think Shag is probably one of the big alphas this year, so trying to take him down um, is the first thing on my radar um, and then go from there. Um, yeah, no big bananas at this stage either, or brass balls. <laughs> at this stage, could be on the cards in the future though. Yeah, let me get rolling. All right, thanks for calling in, Alexis, as always. We've got one more question. This one's from Joel. Joel loves to chuck in a question, so thanks, Joel. Um, Joel wants to say, if the host of the Supercoach podcast is hanging off the bottom of the ladder by 0.6%, is it time to do the age-old tradition of Carlton coaches and sack the host mid-season to get an interim host? Has the K-train been derailed? Can we trust the guy that is within 0.5% of Chanta? Hashtag Phelan. Uh, I'd like to retract my previous statement of thank you, Joel. That's uh, offensive, first and foremost. But secondly, let me just address this. Uh, I'm two and four. It's not the best start to the season. It's probably the worst start to the season I've ever had. But I say write me off at your own peril. I'd compare myself to uh, Richmond Footy Club in, I think, 2020 it was. The start of the season, I think, they were in about ninth position, not the top eight after about round eight. But they went on to win the season. And... I'm feeling that for my season this year. It's going to be a comeback story. I've got plenty of plenty of cash in the bank, plenty of uh, cash being generated for my rookies. So I'd say write me off at your own peril. What do you have to say on that, that race? He's, uh, Joel, he's had one one good win on the weekend and he's he's thinking he's one of the big dogs. He's, he's happy to throw you under the bus there, Caitlin. Um, <laughs> have a look at your team. It's, it's, it's not too bad. So... Yeah, I don't know. This could come back to bite you, Joel, I reckon. I wouldn't ride off the big K-Dog just yet. And, you know, if you're looking at Sack and the host, it means you're going to have to step up and do it. So I think Kalen's doing just fine where he is. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably step back if I were you, Joel. Um, <laughs> there's a bit of Jack Silvani, just to get topical, um, from the weekend where he had a crack at Horn Francis. Um and I think Joel probably has a similar win percentage than Jack Silvani um, in footy. So I think until Joel becomes sort of a, a long-term top dog, um, there's probably, yeah, not much shade you can be throwing at Kalen. Kalen's got it done enough times that he can do his own pod. Thank you, boys, for having my back. Didn't know what to expect from you, to be, on, to be honest. I thought you might throw me under as well, but I appreciate you've got my back. And you heard them, uh, Joel. I think you're... Uh getting a little bit cocky with a few wins. You're doing well this season, which we will uh, give you credit for. But having said that, Joel's only one win ahead of me. He's on 12 points. I'm on eight in the ladder. So it's not like he's uh, four wins ahead of me or anything. So I think you're uh, barking a bit too loud and a bit too soon, Joel. So just uh, pipe down a little bit there, son. It's a good bit It's a good bit of banter from the lads this season. I'm, I'm glad Joel's getting, getting amongst it. It's just, it's just a shame that his coaching hasn't quite backed it up fully yet. So... Keep, keep working hard, Joel, and keep listening to the pod. Yeah. I love your work, Joel. All right. Now, before we finish at the pod, should we just quickly have a look at the matchups this week and uh, get some quick tips? So, yeah, sure. First game of the week, we've got 
one, which is probably an important one for both of us, must win. Got uh, myself against Butcher. Now, Butcher had a great win last week over Reese, but uh, I think that's where his um, fortune is going to end. I reckon I'm going to get the, dog, the job done against Big Butch this week. What do you reckon, Reese? I hope you absolutely pile drive him into, into oblivion. Um, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty dark on Butcher for his mind games, um, so don't don't succumb to him like I did, Cannon, at a at a moment of weakness, and um, I think you'll I think you'll smash him. What do you think, Chanta? Uh, look, I think you're you know Butcher's mind games are probably not going to work on you, Kalen, like they they do on Reese's. Um, yeah, weak, mentally weak, Geraldton Waterfield mind um, <laughs> that over time has <laughs> started to disintegrate. That it's probably better to just drink Swan Lager than than the water. But yeah, look, I think um, I think you'll bounce back, Kalen. I'm I'm right behind you. Thank you, boys. He also does have with it, and this week goes out, so that's uh, a point in my favour. Next up, we've got a big match. I reckon this one's. Shagger or Shane against the Dos Troyer and Chunter. I reckon this will be a, a tight one. Um, I don't know. I've got a sneaky feeling that Chunter might get the job done this week against Shane. What do you reckon, Reese? Yeah, they're projected three points. Shaggy's projected three points higher than Chunter, but yeah, I think Chunter's got a few tricks up his sleeve. Um, so yeah, I've been backing him in every week, as, as you would know. Um, so yeah, I've got a got a stick with my boy, and I reckon he'll get it done over Shagger. Shane, I will make some changes to my team. So beware. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, the mind games are beginning already. I like it. All right. The third matchup we've got is Charlie against Reese. Now, Charlie is someone who looked quite good at the start of the season, but I think he might have lost a couple on the trot, has he? So Charlie will be out for uh, blood this week. I reckon he wants a win. Um, tough one, tough one. Uh, I think it's going to be another close one. Um, but, all right, I'll, I'll back you in, Reese. I reckon you're just going to get over the line by a couple of points. How do you reckon you'll go? Uh, honestly, I, I couldn't predict this one if I tried. It could really come down to captain choice, which burned me last week. Um, plus, he's got a few blokes in there like Stewart and Heaney who've just been – sorry, Mills that have just been going huge lately. So, uh, I'm – yeah, I'm optimistic, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Charlie's uh, making a few changes and gets me. Yeah, I think um, English might come back in this week. So that's almost enough to get you over the line. I think um, Charles is, yeah, a little bit boom and bust with guys like Butters and Heaney. Um, yeah, that you could, I think you, you should be okay. I'm not sure quite what's going on with Charles's team. Has he been looking at it properly? I guess he's got Greg Clark in there. But he might need to he's make some going. changes. His team's looking all right. Uh, I wouldn't uh, be too upset if I had uh, his team. He's got Stuart, who uh, went huge on the weekend. And if he continues sure that role. Charlie missed out on the, the ruck last week, didn't he? he uh, yeah, because he's still he got Jack Hayes. Captain. That's why I was... Oh, he's got yeah. Bruce, I guess. But, like, why would you even have Hayes? Like, he's gone for the year, so. Well, he's just... Sure. I was thinking about moving him out last week, and the thing is, his price isn't going to change. You know, I was thinking whether to move him out or Rochelle. I moved him out, and Rochelle actually lost 10, 15K this week because he had a shit score. So, 
Um, mm. It's not a bad idea to keep someone who's not going to lose cash if someone else has got a high break even. Um, so he might, he'll probably move him out this week, I guess. Um, but yeah, it should be a tight one. If, if English does come in this week, then that could swing it for you, Reese. He's either coming in this week or next week, I'd say. So he'll be a welcome addition, I'm sure. And the fourth matchup we got here is Doss against old Joel. Let's see if Joel can uh, back up his big talk and get the job done against Doss. Uh, I reckon he's will. he will. Doss is not going so well this year, not so flash. And Joel is on a bit of a hot streak in a purple patch. So I reckon Joel will get the, the job done here. What do you reckon, Reese? Yeah, he's got some trouble. Sherry out, Prestia out. Plus, he, he probably needs to make a trade or two with like Rochelle and these sorts. So, you know, Joel will get this one done easy. Um, after his big win on the weekend, he'll continue that form. Prove to us that you're one of the big dogs, Joel. Just keep on rolling through these people like Doss. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start to consider you a bit more. And the last one of the round is big dog Rod, who's almost proved himself a big dog already, the way he's going this season, against uh, little pup Bailey. I think uh, Bailey got a lucky win on the, on the weekend. I think Rod's just going to roll through him this, this week pretty easy. No worries. What do you reckon, Reese? I don't know what to expect from Bailey's week to week. So some, some weeks he comes out with like a 2,500, and then, you know, other weeks it's just he gets pumped by 100 or so. So... I, I don't know what to expect, but Rod's too consistent for that. I, I reckon um, Big Rod will get up. And if Bales does, you know, good on him. But um, it would be an upset if he beat Rod. Yeah, he'd be counting on um, people like Charlie Kerno going massive against Adelaide. Um, that'd be Bailey. Um, like Rod, Rod's going to score whatever the top 10% of the league scores that week, looking at his team. Be that, you know, last week was 2,500 could be, you know, 23, 2400. So it's really up to Bailey to have guys like Kerno go huge um, to get anywhere near him. Yeah. I would say that I, I reckon I'd, maybe this has already been discussed, but Rod's probably got the best team at this stage of the season. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, he looks, he looks pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah, very solid. And yeah, Bailey's team, very pottish. Um, he's had a few lucky wins, a few unlucky losses maybe, but yeah, I'd question Bailey's uh, longevity looking at his bench as well. He's got a few boys on the bench who um, yeah, aren't playing and haven't played all season, so he could be struggling to make cash pretty soon, old Bales. Just looking at Rod's Bales. team. It's- yeah, he's got he's he's nailed his um his rookies really good. Like he's I would say Rod hasn't used um, very many trades at all. So if he keeps scoring like this and he's going to cap out all of his rookies. He's going to be a bit of a force in the back end of the year. Bailey's team, his bench in particular, like screams of um, scuttlebutt across the VAFA or like the Eastern Football League in Melbourne about who's going to be good. <laughs> like someone's just flying um, in local footy and like they've been listed. And they're going to play 22 games and average 100. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure. Well, he's got Charlie Common on there, and I saw Charlie Common's going to get a game this weekend. Bergman's injured. Um, Holland's got a lot of potential, apparently. So, who's who's N Long? I don't even know who that is. Ned. I don't know who that is either. Ned Long, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's just that classic sort of, oh, yeah, I saw this guy play, you know, the Eastern Footy League. Then he played a couple of games in the VFL and he's got a star in the AFL next year. Just that general sort of scuttlebutt. <laughs> yeah. 
good call from you there, Chanta. All right, I think that's about all we've got time for this week then, uh, unless anything else from you boys. Nah, nothing from me. Good to, uh, be back. Good. good to have you back as well, Chanta. Uh, hopefully you can join us again sometime soon. We've yet to get uh, the namesake of the pod on this year, which is Dos. I invited him on this week, but he didn't get back to me. I thought a Dos and Chanta pairing would be a nice combo, but we'll see if we can bring him on potentially next week. Uh, we've got a, got a long list of guests uh, waiting to get on the pod, though, so you might have to find, uh, find his slot, wait his turn. All right, thank you, boys, for joining me. And thank you again to all our listeners. Um, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you, boys. Thanks, Kalen. Thanks, Kalen. Thanks, Reese. Bye-bye for now.